0: Hello guys, thanks for joining me today. Today we are going to be chatting with a good friend of mine that I've known straight up for so long. We're going to be talking about something that I feel like we honestly need a little bit more advice on and something that I've been healing from and I've been working on to be a better person. And I think many of us listening can probably gain some insight from this great friend of mine. So without further ado, let's get into it. I'm so excited. This is one of those things that I'm just like, I wish... Honestly, I just wish more people talked about this, especially going into relationships. And I think that you and I have had a good representation, like a good example of what this means, what it means to have like healthier friendships. And, you know, I'm just so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'd, I'd say this is probably, at least for me uh a pretty timeless conversation because it kind of always creeps into my life of, you know, friendships and all that. So I'm excited Yeah, talk about it and dive deep into some of the things that we could all do better.
0: Heck yeah. yeah. Honestly let's give our friends some background um about us on like, you know, how long our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind
1: of yeah. I would say it's probably a little unorthodox uh, the way we met and kind of um, how we've stayed in contact. I would say you're probably one of the friends that I've made that has surprised my expectations of you know, what a friendship is. And I don't. Know, I don't. I don't think that the beginning of our of our friendship was a an easy one per se but it seemed natural and the fact that we stayed in contact all these years and yeah, I knew that you were special.
0: Oh, I love you. you. (laughs) I love you. Like you were that girl that like, maybe this is the first time I'm I'm honestly telling you, like I think when I first saw you, I thought, I did not think we were going to be friends because I am okay. This is coming out of like, like, this is so interesting me <laughs> no honesty let's go <laughs> when i first saw you i thought okay i thought you were so pretty because you not like to me you're like the blonde bombshell kind of look mm-hmm. and i was like oh she's so pretty she's totally gonna like not want to be my friend because i was used to like girls <laughs> like, not wanting to be my friends so same. i was like mm. same <laughs> <laughs> and then you were so like you're so like um You're, like, the definition of, like, slow to anger kind of person, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, like, you were very, like, like, you watch kind of thing. um, And before you, like, react and say things. And so when it was, like, what, towards the end of that summer or something like that? Yeah. I can't remember. But it was, like, towards the end of, like, y'all's time at the WAC. And you... I think you you approached me. You actually, like, we had our first full-on conversation. I have no idea what we had a conversation on. But I think that was it. Or maybe I'm missing a drunken night. I can't remember.
1: <laughs> I think we had a few drunken nights. <laughs> I would say uh, that was definitely uh, the most I've ever gone out in my adult life. Same. Um, Same. But I think it was also nice that we weren't it wasn't just of that kind of friendship. I think we also did kind of influence each other in ways that like were beyond kind of like the going out scene. I think we, we bonded on a different level besides that, but we did. Um, I think we just didn't have a lot of time. I think the moment we met each other, it was like, I was there for a few months and I left. And so we didn't have a lot of time to build a solid, solid foundation. Um, but I think the the fact that we stayed in touch and kept in each other's lives throughout the years, I think was was nice, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's what has honestly made us friends, truly. I think in the beginning we were very much we were like cordial, we were like acquaintances, like we knew of each other. Um mm-hmm. And I always joke. I'm like, she's the friend I gained from an ex, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Well, also, yeah. and it is a testament because, like, we didn't have to stay friends. And I no, think we really did There's certain friends in my life that I'm like, yeah, I could probably see that being, like, a long-term friendship. But there's so much convenience to it that there's not a whole lot of active effort to stay friends. Whereas, like, I feel like with you, it's always an active effort, like – I don't think there's any convenience in our relationship.
0: No, I think time zone difference th- different, time itself, zone, yeah. different schedules, different, mm-hmm. just almost everything's different, even different pets. Um, I still love yours, but <laughs> like, it's like, we've had so many different things and somehow I, I always like, sometimes I think in the back of my mind, like, I wonder what keeps us such good friends. And I think that's what really led into my drive for wanting to have this episode and wanting to actually talk about these things because you and Aaron, and I think like maybe one, yes. And also winter, um, just, there's just very few group of people in my life that I have kept for a long period of time because you and Aaron have experienced my transition. You've seen it in a little longer than even her and my transition of like who I be, who I become versus who I was and the amount of love and patience and understanding and like non-judgment that I've been graced with by you and our friendship has made such a big difference for me. And it's made, it's like, I think this is like a Mr. Rogers quote or something somewhere down the line about for Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, about just like, you know, if we give people the space to truly be their authentic self, we they are truly able to expose who they are and we fall in love with that. And I think that's what has been one of the big things about us is that like, we didn't come in, I don't, I think because we had like no expectation, we didn't come in like full like throttle, like, oh, you're going to be my friend and that's what we're going to do. And So we've just kind of been like, oh, this works.
1: (laughs) It was natural. Yeah. I don't think we ever forced it at any point. And I, I do think we have genuine connection and conversation. That's, it is everything you'd want in a friendship. Um, But yeah, I agree. I don't think there was too much expectation of what it would turn into, especially with the distance and everything. But yeah, it's a, blessing in disguise or maybe not in disguise but just a blessing in general to have stayed connected so
0: definitely and I feel like we have like I totally agree with you I feel like we have because I guess it's almost kind of like I want to kind of like go down memory lane a little bit yeah um where I want to ask some of the questions like we've talked about so much you and i and it hasn't been i think again another thing i love about our friendship is like our conversations are never surface level Mm. never (laughs) nope we go we don't know how to do that right into it okay have a good day no right (laughs) that's the the only thing thing I... i
1: appreciate though like i i can't do the surface level conversations i think with anything it it is difficult to stay at in the shallows with people Mm -hmm. I respect it we can't get to that point
0: it almost seems like if I you know I said this it was like it was actually during the time when I first met you and I it was around the time that I was letting go of some other friendships and I said to them that I didn't want to go to bars anymore and just do that. And that's how we would h- hang out like with those people. And I was just like, this is not, this isn't working for me. And it really is ironic. Cause I said that, and then you and I really got to connect. Okay. So, <laughs> and I would go out into the DC, you know, spending like tons of money with Uber drinks, even in DC, if you're not even buying your own drinks, you're spending like at least a hundred, like mm-hmm. it's crazy. And so I remember I was like, financially, this doesn't make sense. And then how am I bonding with my friends when the only time we hang out is of us at a bar yelling at each other and being sloppy drunk. And I didn't want to do that. And so I remember it just didn't sit well with them. But I do. I mean, you and I have hung out and you've seen me go out and (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do we want to tell the audience what happened in Denver? oh my goodness we're gonna tell them what
1: happened but i think that's the balance of it like i think you can have those moments with someone but i think if that's the only thing sustaining a friendship it's not fulfilling it's not um speaking to your needs as a person i think if that's the only relationship you have with someone and you have to have alcohol in your system to even be social with that person i think it says a lot about your comfort level with them and and your security with them because I think being able to go outside of that realm means that you have a lot of comfort and you feel safe with that person and um, yeah I, I look for that in all of my relationships how much I can trust that person and feel comfortable sharing my life and my thoughts and opinions and coincidentally enough, I think what brought us together was the pandemic. <laughs> I think that was probably yeah. what stirred a lot of our conversations. And just yeah. in general, I think we bonded a lot through through that.
0: And yeah. I really want to go Wouldn't into because <laughs> You did something during the pandemic that I had never seen. Okay. So friends that are listening, I want you guys to understand. I am Black. Okay. I am African. I am from Ghana and I am Black. Amy is white, okay? And we are going to push that out there because there is a story that you guys need to hear about our friendship that Amy really showed up as a friend in a very vulnerable situation and time of me and many Black people across this country and this world. Um, She really showed up um, without even being asked. Um, It was very left field when you did that in a good way. And um, basically, it was right after George Floyd. And I remember I posted on Facebook when Facebook was relevant. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I posted on Facebook how tired, sick and tired I was of being sick and tired. And how if you are racist in any capacity, you have an evil heart. And I just went at it. And I remember people, you know, instead of just like shutting up and listening, because the racism in America is on a very different level for Black people than it's ever been for anybody in this country and I remember, and again, especially after George Floyd, we had had Breonna Taylor, we had had Ahmaud Aubrey, Philander Castile. Like it was so much a back to back to back. Um, and I remember people were in my comments section trying to justify their racism. And I, me and my empathy and my, you know, being gaslit by those who are covert racists. I didn't even pick up what was happening, but Amy did. Amy was like, this is some bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, speaking for myself, I think like,
1: I remember seeing something you posted and being like, "Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think it was a friendship that you had had. Or maybe it wasn't a friendship, but yeah, it was like a comment someone made to what you posted. Um, yeah, I think that time and place was significant for everyone, but I think especially for white people, um, kind of a little too late kind of moment too. It's like, I was what, 23 in my life and I felt like, I don't know, I think to a degree when you get into your twenties, you're like, I've got it figured out. I know what life is. And then something can happen. And you're like, I don't know anything. Um, and I think my roots of where I grew up, um, being from small town America, where racism is just like at its peak, um, coming out of that environment and learning about myself and the world. I think my friendships were Um, Mm life-changing the interactions that I've had with not only um, you and Stefan and anyone in my life who has made an impression on me in that kind of way in that realm but just beyond that I think being vulnerable like you said being able to have conversations that are hard Especially when you feel like you could have judgment, like going into that conversation with you. I was like, <laughs> I think my fear in life is to is to be a, uh, assumed surface level. I didn't want it to feel surface level to you. I wanted you to feel how genuine I felt about it. Um, but you know, that that isn't a given. And I think you could have taken that conversation and been like, mm, she just wants... Uh, I don't know her her time to like, kind I didn't of want shine. Like you like, were like
0: that racist friend. Like right. You yeah.
1: But I I think you did hear me. I think you did sense my genuine um I about it
0: and- I felt like you were that. It's really interesting. Um, there is an episode in the Prowl Family actually. It's like one of my favorite shows, and it's like pre prow Family, not like the old Prowl Family, not the newest one, and it's like. Um, At that time, you know, the Proud family currently still is very, like, barrier-breaking. And it was an episode where Penny, the main character, Black girl, um, she had woken up from a, like, a she, like, basically, like, went into a dream. And it was, like, 1960s all over again for her. Um, And where people were still segregated and, well, is, uh, instigated. And like basically, desegregation was like happening and like, um, like Little Rock kind of time. And she basically, at that time, she had a friend who was white, redhead, um, in real life, but in her dream, because of the era that she was in, that friend of hers could not hang out with Penny anymore because Penny was black and the girl was white. And, you know, Penny would, being as loud as she was, was like talking about like how wrong it is to, you know, to not hang out with people just because of the color of their skin, how wrong it is to not have friends because of the color of their skin and all these different things. And um, I remember a scene where Penny needed help or something like that. And Zoe, the white friend ended up kind of having to like step it up, get away from the, what are they going to think? What are they going to say, you know, of me hanging out with these Black kids? And instead, she decided to take action. And I think the the message that you sent me in um the Facebook Messenger, I read that in that video that I posted because I saw what you did as... And that's why I say, like, I feel like that's like one of the pinnacle moments when I realized you were truly my friend was, and not just like, you know, we were like, you know, the friend that, oh, that's my friend kind of thing. Um, you, it looked, it very much felt like, I felt like I was this bullied kid on the playground and I had been bullied by everybody and I was alone in this hurt And I felt like this person finally saw this person who has a voice, who can speak up, who people will listen to, saw what I was going through and spoke up on my behalf. And that's what actually encouraged me to do that video, standing up for myself. Um, because I saw how, even in your eyes, this was wrong. And sometimes, and that's definitely something def- that I that's way deeper, is like, people don't realize just like the impact of racism. And it's so much that as a Black woman, I am still unpacking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm coming from a country that... <laughs> My skin tone is a blessing. Like no one ever judged me for being chocolate. Like I am a proud chocolate woman and no one ever judged me for it. And that didn't close any doors for me. And now being here, well, I've been here for so long. Um, seeing that and witnessing that and really making sense of that. And then also not only is it the culture class, not only is the, you know, Having to learn English as American English is like my fifth language and all these different things, but also realizing and really holding true in my heart the years of pain, of racism, of abuse, and then being gaslit that, oh no, you don't get to speak up about your pain because it's not that bad. And I really appreciated how you came through as a friend, as an ally. And that was really, it was very, like, all the things that you did during that time was just very needed. And that's when I feel like we really went into, I think we were already, like, Facetiming each other during COVID around that time, but we really went into like Facetiming each other because you would call and check and see how I was doing, and then we would do these like hour, two hour long face call, Facetime, Facetime, Facetime (laughs) calls, (laughs) and literally it would just be like our consistent thing, and I really enjoyed that because I was also able to share some of the pain that I had experienced outside. of Even before the George Floyd stuff, some of the pain from the relationship that you and I met each other when I was in and mm-hmm. the advice and the insight and the validation that I got from you. And I think... You know, you did such a great job. And I do say this quite often, like you are that friend that you don't play the devil's advocate. I hate that phrase. You like really play the double edged sword is what I say. Like you, it's so natural to your character. Like you're not the friend that's going to be like, oh my God, mm-hmm, my yeah. God you did what? No way. Know. You're like that friend that's like, uh, Abby, uh, how did you show up in that? Like you yeah. Well, I wouldn't, you, I wouldn't just say that I necessarily
1: judge your character in it. I I would say that like if you're wanting to resolve whatever it is that you're feeling, I think it's more of just like trying to get the full view cuz I think it to some degree I've had this in my past where it's like I will have conversations with people and it's so one-sided that like after that conversation, even if it's me telling the story, I'll leave that conversation with like I feel like I just vented and I didn't really get much from it. I don't feel resolved. Like I don't feel like I really did anything to help myself feel about it. And so I think that even if it isn't to convince you a different narrative or to be like, oh, you're not thinking about this correctly. I think it's more of just like the more you think through something, the more it does have self-validation. Because it's like if you're, yeah, just like trying to vent or wanting Someone to validate you just like, hey, you're great. F this guy. <laughs> but like, I want to help you. I want to have you feel like you don't need to hear that from me. I want you to believe it. I want you to know that like your feelings are valid and you you do have intuition that goes beyond the facts. And sometimes to get to that, you have to look at all angles. Um Yeah, I don't know. When you said, I think you did make a comment early on in our relationship that I was a, like, I did play devil's advocate, and I think it made me look inside a little bit, too, because I think to an extent it can be a negative thing, Um, but... But I think you're right it does. It does help sometimes, but yeah.
0: It very much helps. I don't think that I think you use it in such a re- responsible way though that I can't see you. And this is not me being biased as your friend. This is just being straight up with you is like I don't see how it's negative.
1: <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, if it's weaponized, I think it can be negative. Like gaslighting. I think be having a devil's advocate mindset can be a form of gaslighting someone. I think when I do it, I don't do it in that manner or I don't, I don't try to make it come off. Like you don't know what you're talking about, Um, but more so just like, Hey, this is a, is a opportunity to grow. And the only way to grow is to find your humanity and everything beyond You know, just the flaws. Like, I think when people say humanity, they think of, like, the flawed nature of humanity. But it also is, like, the good qualities. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, I would say the negative form of it would be, like, in response to, like, an abusive situation. Mm -hmm. Um, If someone comes to you and says, this person hurt me. And you were like, mm,
0: In your question, "How much did you
1: piss them off?" Yeah. Like, I think that that's misuse.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: but if you have a fight with someone, um, and all you want me to do is to tell you that you're right, then I don't feel like I'm doing a good job of being your friend. Um, because I would want someone to say like, mm, "Maybe you should check how you reacted, or maybe you should." look at it from this point of view. Cause I think that's the point is to find common ground with someone you love at least or want a friendship with. So,
0: you know, that actually has me wondering cause this is the question I wanted to ask you, which was, which you kind of like helped lead into it is, you know, you have, you have exemplified what a healthy friendship looks like. Like we really joint together have done that. And yet at the same time I've always wanted to kind of dig into your past. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> With my past. Yeah, you know, you know, let's let's see let's see the skeletons in the closet.
1: Oh. I've stop. had some pretty unsuccessful <laughs> friendships to be honest. I wanted
0: to know like have you been a bad friend before? 100%. What was that like? How did you know you were being a bad friend? I want to know. I would say my selfish era
1: of, um, I would say probably it was shortly after a breakup, um, which you, you were aware of, I think when we met, it was kind of during that time in my life, but I kind of had this like, (laughs) um, I was so happy with everything in my life up to that point. And I felt like I kind of hit a wall of like starting over that was frustrating because the relationship that I came out of was everything that I needed, um, but I didn't appreciate it to the fullest. And I think leaving that and trying to rebuild my my sense of self and what I was going to do because like at that point, I was a year away from graduating and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I was doubting myself and I got into this group of friends and they're not bad, but like I kind of got into the drinking scene a little bit too heavy. And instead of actually healing from what I was going through at the moment, I just kind of shoved it off and I wasn't really caring about who I was hurting during that. Um, So the friends that I would have um, that I would go out with, um, they were kind of getting into relationships, and I had a lot of judgment towards their relationships of like, mm, he's not right for you, I don't think you should get into this. Like I was so negative um, towards them being in relationships that I think it pushed us away, and as they got stronger in their relationships, I got further away from them, to the point where like we had this blow up. White, and it's the friendships the the, t- the two girls I'm talking about um, I regret the role I played with that because nothing that they were doing was at all being a bad friend um, I think in a way they were trying to hold me accountable for something that I wasn't ready to see um and it's like anything, it's like whenever your ego gets bruised, you just kind of, you lash out and you're like, no, I'm not the problem. You're the problem. <laughs> Why are you going to me? Like, um, cause I saw their relationships as this like surface level, not going to go anywhere thing, which was kind of a projection of how I felt most of the relationships I had at the time were going, um, having doubt in in those myself were kind of shoved to them, which was unfair. Um, I think it wasn't until I lost those that that I started to appreciate the ones that came after. Which kind of sucks. <laughs> like I, I don't feel like I've ever felt the need to reach out to them. I don't think that they would hear it even if I did. But yeah, I've been selfish. I've done some. Some not great things, um, but I would say I've changed a lot as a person. Um, I've changed how I show up for people. My capacity to forgive has become like almost a default, um, but yeah.
0: I think you really much hit the nail on the head too. It's like you know there's always that one or two or three couple friendships where we really is what a curse. Um <laughs> where we really just dropped the ball. Like we mm-hmm. we did not treat that person the way that they ought to have been treated. And I also think about that phrase like you have like learning to be okay with being a villain in someone else's story. Mm-hmm. Um because I do agree with you there. I've had a friendship where only one, honestly, that I look back at that. I was like, yeah, I sucked as a friend.
1: <laughs> but how do you come yeah. back from that? Cause like, I don't, it's like exes, you know, like I think to a degree, I don't think I would ever reach out to an ex and be like, I am so sorry. I treated you terribly. Like, I think to some degree you kind of have to just let it go. Mm-hmm. And notice the motive for why you would do that cuz i think what's kept me from reaching out to those girls is i have i have probably hurt them to a point where like i don't know if it would be restorative to reach out i think it would just rehash old wounds and i'm not oh. trying to do that i'm not trying to like make them forgive me or cuz like the motive behind reaching out to someone is like you want to get closure on it but realizing that the closure is really just from you, they yeah. might have very well moved on. And they probably, like, because I wasn't um, the best of friends, they probably haven't really thought about that friendship all that much. Um, so for me, it would be more meaningful to me to hear them say, oh, like, that's fine. I forgive you. That would be the motive. Um, but I don't know if they want that. And they may not want it. Um, and I don't know. I'm a little unresolved about it. I've, I've contemplated doing it, but I just like, like the exes scenario. It's like, I don't know if I necessarily want to make them relive that. Yeah. Um, and make them feel guilty that I'm like this change person, you know?
0: <laughs> like, yeah. And I think sometimes yeah. it's for, like, the fact of, like, you know, I, as you were saying I was thinking, like, sometimes, like, it may be because I want to them to know that I am remorseful for what mm-hmm. I did. Um, but the thing is, I still hear, kind of, like, you my mom and my therapist saying in my head, like, well, if you are remorseful for it, why do you need to put a megaphone to it, Right, right. And I think that is because I want them to know. But the thing is that that's like, I hear you in that part saying more like, oh, that's a controlled thing then, Abby.
1: Mm-hmm. You want them like, to feel better
0: about you. Exactly. And that's recognizing like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, can I sleep with myself at night, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing like, hey, I am sorry for what I did and how I suck, but it's not really, and this is one of those things that's like, You have to kind of use discernment for is like sometimes it's not really you. Sometimes it's just a matter of learning like, it's not how many times you fell and you sucked as a person, like how many times, like basically you dropped the ball, but just like, how do you get better next time? How do you get better moving forward? And that's in how you treat friends. And I do think that taking accountability, like I feel like taking accountability for how we treated people in the past when we did not value the relationships the way we ought to have or value the person the way we, ought, we could have. Um, that accountability I think has played a big part in how we are friends now. And how we treat each other now. And how we treat our other friends now, too.
1: Yeah, and I think we all grow into different people in different stages of our lives. Like, I think back to some high school friendships. I remember meeting some of them at a recent um, uh, wedding that I had gone to for my friend that I was in the wedding for. And some of the people that I saw for the first time in almost a decade... It's like I had to reintroduce myself because i'm I'm not all that similar to how I was in high school, and I'm definitely not that similar to how I was when I had those friendships. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, you do show up differently in in your current life that you live. You show up differently based on the lessons you learn. And that goes from relationships to family. You're constantly learning about yourself and what you need to do better. Um, that I don't know if it's necessary. Uh, do you, sorry, Tangent, do you watch Marvel?
0: <laughs> huh, do I watch Marvel after do you I just want... finished watching Dr. Strange? <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you remember? And that was and the last is... thing I really needed to catch up on. Because WandaVision, right. I, I was like, I'm not really into this division thing. I still got issues with WandaVision. but uh, I was like, I have to watch it so I can understand Doctor Strange. So whatever.
1: Well, what's interesting, and I'm not like a super nerd about it. Like I would say I'm like, I'm halfway there. Like I, I know things, but I'm not like a, I don't know everything about Marvel. But the Winter Soldier is something that I think about when, when you've hurt someone and you're trying mm. to make amends because when he went through his book of all the people that he needed to apologize to for him, that was to close that chapter in his life. Um, But I remember seeing, it was like the old man who he had, he'd killed his son.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And
1: just the hurt in his eyes. And and I think he realized in that moment that like, Even though I needed that, I don't know if that made his life better, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that he did that. Um, And I think you could probably argue both, that it was important. But I guess in my mind, it's like, is getting closure beneficial to both parties? Mm. Um, Because I think it is very much a fundamental belief that I think some... Things need to stay settled. Um, like, say, 10 years from now, an abusive relationship comes back into your life and they're like, I'm in rehab. I am getting my life together and I'm so sorry for what I did to you. I think to a degree it can help resolve some things, but... It also opens a can of worms of like, now I'm being re-triggered by all of the things that I had pushed and gotten through, like reopening those old wounds is what I'm kind of referring to of like, it was beneficial for them to get that off their guilty conscience, But now, but now I'm kind of going back into a past that I don't necessarily want to get back into. Um, And is it healing for me? Do I need that apology? Because, like, if I've done the healing work and I don't need that apology from you, then it's not benefiting me to hear it. Um, so, yeah, discernment. Do I need to make amends? Is it helpful for both people? Um, yeah, not forcing I'm- your apology into someone's life. I think is is important to
0: recognize. That is so good. I love that you said that. That is some good stuff right there. That is so freaking good. Like seriously, like (sighs) it's almost, if I can just even piggyback on that, just taking it a little further is sometimes what we don't realize when we apologize is, or when we are trying to apologize or trying to make amends or trying to Basically, again, the control, your perspective, all these different things is, are we also considering if this is what this person wants, Mm -hmm. right? And understanding, like, sometimes we really need to make sense of, like, (sighs) this is such a therapy thing. Like, the importance and the power of, like, being in control of your – like, basically, not even just being in control, but being responsible for your own emotions Mm -hmm. and your own healing work, like you're saying. And understanding, like, yes, we've done some pretty not-so-great things in the past, but – just as we are in charge and in control of our emotions and how we show up and what we choose to do while we were coming to sense with how we impacted others, they were also possibly coming like basically broaden our broadening our perspective is we, they may have been also doing the work to put the puzzle pieces where they needed to put them in order to keep, continue moving forward. And I think that that's what, that's one of the things that makes that causes someone from being a, the bad friend to becoming a better friend. Um, obviously with many other things, but I think that being able to really sit there and ask yourself you know, why do I want to apologize so badly? Why do I want to approach this person? You know, sometimes, like, I think about, you know, as you were saying that, I really was thinking about Marvel a lot. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> probably a lot of, of like, good examples. The reason, why I, <laughs> the reason I can't stand WandaVision actually so much. And even like when I was watching Doctor Strange, I was so irritated. Um, It's because I get what was being conveyed. And it's basically like, you know, she lost vision, Her the love of her life. And in that pain, she created this, she put this curse, a spell that basically was impacting so many people and mm-hmm. how it just went so bad until like it was just basically breaking the world. Yeah. And I sit there and I think about like, I get what they're conveying, but let's really dig into it. And I think maybe Doctor Strange almost like tapped into it because there's a scene where Professor X, Xavier, um goes into like Wanda's like consciousness. And you have had to see WandaVision to make sense of that scene because she he goes into that scene and it's like Wanda, not the Scarlet Witch, not the red, yeah, not demonic. She, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like she go she's actually under a rubble. And that rubble that you see is actually in WandaVision where it shows like that was the day that her and her brother lost their mom and dad. And after they lost their mom and dad, they became test subjects. After that, her brother died after her brother died. You know, she met vision after she met vision, she lost vision to Thanos. And then after that, Tony died. And it's just, it's, it's a story, very telling story of like what it means to just go through so much loss and trying to take one foot forward after experiencing loss after loss after loss each time you tried. And I think, like, when you think about how we've, Im- how you may have impacted other people due to not being the healthiest friend or not having the healthiest relationship with them. You also have to think about, like like you said, reopening those wounds, right? And that sometimes the most compassionate thing you can do for people when you've hurt them isn't going up and saying, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is giving them the space and leaving them alone
1: right letting them come to you if they wish to come to you about it like if any of them if anyone I've heard has come to me later in life and like has something that they want to discuss with me um for them like if it's a healing process for them I will not shy away from taking accountability it isn't a matter of like wanting to skirt responsibility or accountability in someone's life it's a matter of like respecting them enough to know that the narrative about me doesn't benefit them one way or the other like how they view me is not going to make the hurt disappear the Uh role i played in that that moment in time in their life me apologizing for it, it's not going to change that and unless Uh the motive is to re-enter their life of like i miss you i want this friendship back and i realize that i have to like come clean and, you know, take accountability for how I hurt you and like rebuild that trust with you. If that's not the motive of like re-entering their life and making amends, then like simply apologizing is just for you. It's Mm -hmm. simply for them to feel better about you. And yeah, it's like, if, if I felt like, and I, and I think that this is probably, it differs from each friendship. So like the, the girls that I'm referring to, I had known them for maybe two or three months, maybe four months um, before that happened. So I don't know how valid it would be to be like, oh my gosh, I miss you. Like, I, I can't imagine my life without you. You are such a great friend. Like, I don't think it was at that level that maybe say like a friendship that I had in high school. So I have two, maybe three girlfriends from high school that I, I want in my life till I, until I pass like they're solid friends of mine that I that I genuinely want to keep healthy and strong if one of them were to come to me or we were to really get into a bad fight if time was what we needed to heal that I would give it to them but the what I would feel would be necessary would be to resolve it at some point to get to a point where we could really come back to it because I would Mm -hmm. value that I would want that. Um, So it it kind of depends, I guess, on how well of a friendship it was. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the goal wouldn't be to have them think better of me. It would be like, I want you back in my life. And I think realizing that. So the whole X thing coming back and apologizing to me just seems a little bit too like ego to me. Yeah, big time. Um, I'm like, mm, do you want me back? Because, <laughs> like, why does it matter how I view you? Um, you don't yeah. need to apologize for me. I've already that that's already a closed chapter, kind of thing. So, friendships exactly. are a little different. But yeah, to a degree, it's it kind of has to be treated the same way. Like, what is your mm-hmm. motive? Why do you want back in my life? Um, do you want back in my life, or do you just want me to think of you as a better person? And yeah. The Wanda thing's interesting, though, too, because like I think you can realize someone's humanity and and why they hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes, with friendships, we do give allowances a lot. Like I could see like good college friends or high school friends of mine if they were if either of us were to really hurt each other. I think we know each other at such a fundamental level that I think we could understand why we hurt each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some understanding can go a long way um, of like knowing a person and why they do things, mm-hmm. getting insight and not necessarily going into their brain or their psyche, but like knowing them enough to know that it it's coming from something different or a different place. Um, it doesn't mean that you still shouldn't apologize for it. Yeah. Um, not I think rationalizing it, why you hurt someone
0: yeah there's um as you're saying this I'm thinking I'm recalling a friend the that one friendship that I would be like yeah I sucked at this friend um <laughs> If I think every other friendship I was like no I, I you know regardless of how it went like yeah if I hurt you I'm sorry but besides that mm, I wouldn't repeat I would not change how I, it played out um I think that. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh my gosh, the phone was on D and D. Goodness, looks like some people still got through. Um, but I feel like that one friendship that I'm like, yeah, I kind of dropped the ball on. I don't think that I could still be where. Respectfully, I don't think that I would still be where I am in life. Had I kept that friendship, I think it definitely did need to dissolve, um, at least at that time. And I think that looking back at it, I think that it was ultimately like like you said, so we give so much allowances, right? I think I saw too much of that. And I think that when I look back at it, the part that I feel like I was dropped the ball as a friend was because I left that friendship. Like I left it. I was just like, I'm not coming back anymore. I can't do this. And I didn't really communicate that very well. Um, I don't think I even communicate. I can't remember if I did or didn't. So you like um, ghosted
1: her? You're like, eh.
0: I don't think I ghosted her, but I definitely think I didn't go deep into why, because I would had, I had reached an era where I was like realizing, like when you have a conversation a couple times with someone after, like for me, if I, if it's the same thing after a bit, I'm not having the conversation with you because you have shown me a pattern that you can't handle. Like you can't do That's it. interesting. What's interesting about that is <laughs> no, no, I
1: hear you. Cause after a while you just get tired of having the same talk. Exactly. But one thing I think about is like, I've heard so many times in my life that like marriage is full of unresolved fights. Like, you know, like the thing where like people are like, oh, you'll, you'll fight about the same thing until you die. <laughs> Like, yeah, because to a degree, it is true. I think there are some things that are just unresolved. But the thing that makes it healthy, you know, is that you, you keep talking about it, even if it's not resolved, that you're still open and honest and able to talk about it, maybe not to come to a resolution, but just to keep hearing each other um, and to have sympathy for them and to realize that, like, even though I think I'm right, you're still valid in how you feel about it. Even if it doesn't mean that we come to the same mind about it, but like with friends, I'm trying to think of like, like, it's not like a let bygones be bygones kind of thing, but it's like, we don't have to see eye to eye about everything for me to respect you.
0: That part. I can,
1: I can respect you as a friend and know that we're not going to be the same way about everything. Um, but how much do you respect me as a person to like, not drill me about it?
0: That part because
1: if you're, if you're only fighting me to change my mind, um, or you want me to adapt to how you want things done, then it's just kind of, that's it for me. Like, I don't want to feel judged or like, if I don't do something that like, you don't still find me um, as your friend. Um, and obviously there's <laughs> subjects like we've talked about in the beginning that, that are definitely like a make or break it. Um, I Unless think we talk the, about that.
0: I actually do want to talk about that. Like, what are some of the things that like, you, since bec- becoming a better friend or at least cold learning to cultivate better friendships that you've learned to like, kind of like,
1: like what has made me leave friendships?
0: what has made you leave friendships? Like what are things that you've come to realize you don't want or can't, or basically like you, like, it's so funny. (laughs) You said this again, before we started recording about like, just like, it's very difficult for me to have friends. Like it's very difficult for people to be friends with me because when they don't practice boundaries. And Mm -hmm. um, I guess my question for you is like, what is something that, you know, you have come to realize like you cannot be friends with this person and have a healthy relationship with this healthy friendship with this person because of XYZ. Um like for me, which you know, um I'll give an example to begin. <laughs> for me, one of mine is gossiping. hmm Like it's I It's actually gonna be mine. <laughs> well one of mine, mine.
1: Can't deal with cattiness.
0: Like I can't do it. Like you know, you you we we do this thing where it's like, we'll come and we'll have like our like you know true heart to heart. Like I need guidance and accountability moment. And then like regardless, I'm like, well, did you talk to that person? Are you gonna talk to them? Right. And you're like, like the follow up question is always like,
1: when are you gonna talk to them next?
0: <laughs> exactly. Like I don't want to hear you talking smack about somebody if you ain't gonna talk to them. Don't come talk to me. Right. Like if they, in one, if the person is not here to defend themselves, I don't want to hear about it.
1: You're not going to defame anyone's character.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Now your turn. Keep going.
1: So I would, I would piggyback onto that. I would say there were definitely moments in high school and I'll be honest, like a lot of the friendships that I've kept from high school were tested. I would say one of my good friends who, yeah, like I care about her till like it's no one's business. Like I love her to death. I didn't always get along with her. Like me and her butt heads so much. Um, and I think it was because we weren't ever willing to be dishonest with each other. Like if we had a problem with each other, we said it. Like we were never shy about our feelings. Um, or like wanting to just say face, like we <laughs> were also really bad liars. Like we could tell on each other's faces when we weren't okay with each other. And we weren't just one to like shove it under the rug. Um, but I think that's what made us really strong is like I trusted what she said to me to my face. There were definitely girls that I was friendship that I had friendships with that I didn't have that trust. Like I I didn't necessarily think that how they presented themselves to me was genuine to who they were, what they thought. So we would have conversations and they would say stuff. And then I had this intuition that they, they were dishonest or they would have a different tune with other girls. So the, the cattiness and the the rumors and the gossip, I think that's what turned me off from a lot of people of just like, we just had a conversation yesterday and now you are talking to this person face to face, and you are being so dishonest. Mm. Um, I didn't like that two-faced approach. And it's one thing to be civil, but it's another thing to be um, to be misleading.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, I think I think that's probably my make or break. It is if I if I get the feeling that you are being dishonest with me. Um, but I'll, I'll get into that too. Cause I think to some degree, depending on how sensitive the subject is, I think you have to understand that not everyone's going to be upfront. Um, I think until you have full comfort with someone, I think there will always be a little bit of dishonesty. Um, there was actually, I'm in a book club right now with like some women that are quite a bit older than i am and have kids and like it's interesting being a part of that group and hearing them talk about certain life things um for instance there was a woman who talked about how she has this stepsister that she's she was close to when she was younger but she's kind of gotten further from um and how she had learned some very interesting things about kind of like where she is currently and she said that in her phone call with her she felt like she wasn't being honest and i kind of <laughs> you're probably not going to be surprised by this but i kind of pushed her a little bit i was like do you feel like you've built a friendship with her that is comfortable enough for her to really trust you with personal information like you said that you were close at one point but it, you may not have the same relationship now. Like, does she feel comfortable with you? Because I don't think I would take that as like her lying to you as much as it is she's not fully comfortable to be open with you. Cause I think there's a difference. If you had that relationship with her, if you had more trust, if you had um, like, could that come? Like, could she, I guess what's blocking that? Cause I think there's a difference between wanting to mislead someone and not wanting to be super raw with someone. Um, so to a degree, like the, the dishonesty for me comes from uh, things that you should have no business being dishonest about mm-hmm. um, and not so much personal stuff. So I wanted to make that distinction of like, I'm okay with dishonesty if it's something that you're not comfortable with.
0: Yeah. Like if it's not but, my if it isn't if, if you it's don't not my business. Her, I respect that.
1: Right. But yeah. but then if you're like, Oh, I don't like this girl, or she's really like annoying, and then you like have no problem talking to her in public or like you're kind of that's like afraid of her face. Like that's the dishonesty for me that I can't do, you know.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think yesterday when you and I were chatting, like, I kept, I think I re- said the same thing. And we were talking about just, like, how, like, I just can't lie very well. It's just, it's mm. so bad. I would never make a good spy. Anyways. um, <laughs> but, Do you feel like
1: you're, do you feel like you can give half-truths?
0: I can't. It's no, so not bad. not even that. I can't like, unless I, the only time I've ever found myself being able to not tell the truth and not like squirm, like I squirm and I start like, I hysterically laugh. It's really bad. It's like hyena level and (laughs) it's so bad. And it's like the only time I ever found myself being able to lie and not do that was because someone's life was on the line. Mm -hmm. Someone's wellness was on the line. That was the only time. Like, I can't do it because I feel like, one, I feel like Jesus is watching me, so I can't do it.
1: <laughs> You're like, I can't.
0: <laughs> I can't. Two, I feel like my grandma and my mom are watching me. <laughs> my mom, like, she's watching me from home and my grandma from upstairs. Like, I'm just like, somebody's watching me. And then I also feel like I just can't do it. I, I don't know what it is, but I just can't. It's It drives me crazy to... Like I just can't. <laughs> Do you feel like you trust easily? Definitely. Oh my gosh! I used to be told um, by my work. Would mom, you go up to
1: a stranger and like tell them your whole life story?
0: Literally, I was like Literally. told, like Abby, you're too, you're too easily trusting. Like you, you're too trusting. And I was like, but I mean, you know. I, basically, my motto back then was like, oh, you know, I will trust you until you give me a reason not to. And mm-hmm. now my motto is. You don't get access to me until I realize like I just learned that you get access to me. And yeah, I'm I'm way too easily trusting. And I think that is just something I've been working on for a while. And I think it's because I do go into situations just like I still don't understand how some people did not get the messages from kindergarten. Like, hey, don't touch people. Hey, share, hey, be respectful. Hey, no means no. It's a full sentence. Like things like no is a sentence. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that it's like, it's one of those things that's like, I can't stand when people are two faced. I can't stand when people aren't honest with themselves because these are things that I practice. And I, I cannot stand when people, and this is so funny and funny because this kind of goes back to our chat from yesterday is I cannot stand when people ask for accountability, but then get afraid when it comes. And they I try think to... it's...
1: Mm-hmm. can't stand it. There is. Certain people in my life. That they could give me the raw truth. And it wouldn't sway how I felt about them. Because I know that it would come from a good heart. Mm-hmm. But I think that. There's probably a select group of people in everyone's life that can do that. And I think it's easily understood when you don't have that with someone and they're like hypercritical and you're like "Mm, nope (laughs) don't criticize me because it it hurts you a little bit yeah like I think to be held to the fire on anything that is sensitive to you is very difficult yeah and there were a ton of things in my relationship that I'm in right now That in the beginning, it it would hit me at such a low point that, like, it seemed like a personal attack Mm -hmm. because it was so personal to me. But I think looking back, I'm like, it made me such a better person.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: it's something that's, like, so stupid. Like, I, I think about all of the things that, and maybe you can, like, chime in too it's like when something's so silly you shouldn't get offended by it but it comes from such a like deep place of like a wound from your childhood i can yeah. talk to so many people about like coming from a home that wasn't all that clean um that was like borderline hoarder um and stepping into this new environment where like i do care about my environment i do care about my cleanliness and But when the topic of cleanliness comes up and it comes from like a, I need to either do better or um, it is judged, it hits a child wound. (laughs) Because I'm like, I don't want that. And I feel judged and I feel like anyone that comes from that environment understands that it is the one topic that will like kill you at your roots. Um and oh I think God. that it's such a silly thing to be offended by, but it it is such a trigger. And, and I think looking at it as that of like, this is so silly for me to feel offended by. That now you can learn why it does impact you. Do I find value in how clean I am? Do I hold such a value to it that like if I am not this clean person, Am I not lovable? Because I think what you judge yourself by is what you're most sensitive to other judgment. Yeah. Like, are you socially awkward? Do you feel like you make an ass of yourself in social settings sometimes? Or, like, do you feel really vulnerable when you're around big groups? And is that sensitive to you when your partner tells you things that you could do better in those situations? I remember being called out for. Um, Interrupting And I know I still do it And I'm working on it But that was sensitive to me Because I've always been socially um, Insecure
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I think it It does hit such a wound That I'm like, mm. like Oh my
0: gosh Amy can't. Oh my gosh never shut up <laughs> <laughs> But those are the things That I'm like you... our chats never shut up <laughs>
1: It's important to know, like, yeah, that those things are okay. <laughs> like, yeah. people can bring those to your attention, and it doesn't mean um, it's not coming from a place of like they want to hurt you, it's coming from a place of like they want to make you better.
0: Um, yeah, no, I totally get it. I think there's been a couple what times were we even talking chat? about. <laughs> I feel like we just. <laughs> this is literally how our regular conversations are. <laughs> we're talking about like the things that like we find. Can you say right before that. Yes, I was. I forget. I don't even know. I don't even know. I can't remember. <laughs> but I was like, you actually had reminded me about the different times when you and I were chatting about things, and you know, I would get very defensive over the phone, not at you, but just about the situation about like I would be like oh you know this took me so long to do so I can't stand when people say when people criticize this thing one thing and I think recently one of them was like you know me um about the whole accountability thing that you know how I talk about like how like my community during the time some very painful times of my past were not people that held me accountable they were not people that were speaking truth. They were not people that like, they saw me and they saw situations going downhill, but they didn't speak up about it. And, you know, how, like the reason why in my friendships now moving forward, I make sure that I tell people, like, I am very much going to tell you, like, you know, you can't be friends with me if you don't want to be held accountable. Um, I need to be held accountable. And that if you see a situation going south, speak up about it and how adamant I am. And when people criticize that, I feel like you're saying, I feel like I have to, for me, I feel like I have to like defend myself because it's something that as a kid, you know, I didn't like, you know, I wasn't quiet, but I didn't, I, well, I was quiet, but I, 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 (laughs) <laughs> I was a <your> weird child. Um, <laughs> I was I was I was only quiet because I didn't like certain people. So anybody who thought that I was quiet, I didn't. I just didn't like you. Didn't know you,
1: right? Or they didn't know you. Yeah.
0: Exactly. I only talked to the people I wanted to talk to. But speaking up for myself in my culture as a kid, you don't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't do that. You let the adult speak. You you were to be seen, not even seen or heard, right? And until spoken to. Exactly. Unless spoken to. And so now when now that I have built this confidence and this courage to finally speak up, to share my opinion, to share my voice, to share who I am, when people criticize that, I'm like, how dare you? Like I just got my voice. Like exactly. Like you sit back down, you don't know how many mountains I had to climb to get here to be able to pick up this megaphone and actually speak up and I think that when you are yeah you're really where how did we get to this topic um (laughs) no but you were like like,
1: you you hold personal
0: you hold so much value
1: in being honest and open and having your voice that when it is questioned you feel very personal to it and I can totally understand that yeah, because you're like, but this is a good thing. I see it as a good thing, and when someone sees it a little differently, you're like,
0: hmm. it's wow. very much like a flag on the play for me. Like, it's not a, it's not a red flag. It's not a yellow flag. Is I don't know if it's a white flag, but it's a flag on the play for me. Let's it, let's re-review it. <laughs> exactly. It's like mm, put a pen here. We're gonna probably look back at this because I think sometimes you like you said like we. We don't have to be friends with people who agree with everything that we agree with, but there are certain core parts of who we are that we we need to have a similar understanding on. And that's like, you know, honesty, that's gossiping, that's, you know, speaking up for yourself, accountability, um, a great big one too, respect, right? Mm-hmm. Respecting that person, respecting their views, respecting their morals, like, I'm a, I'm a crazy, like, love me some Bible Jesus person. And, you know, I love that you respect that. And I love that we have a friendship where we don't have to be in each other's throat about religion and things like that. Um, And that's something I very much value. Like, you know, I had a great, great friend in high school. Um, Again, also someone that I love so dearly. Um, And she was Islamic. She is Islamic, I believe. Still, I haven't talked to her in years. Um, and you know, I always I like I think I credit my mom to how I was able to become friends with someone without ever really caring about religion. Um, even at such a young age, it was because my mom accepted people for who they are. She always accepts people for who they are. I remember having so many conversations with her about different like orientations and all these different things. And she was just so accepting and so kind about it that it instilled that in me. So when I I can't be friends with people who judge that. I can't be friends with people who refuse to be friends with other people just because they like different people or they see life differently or they have a different moral compass when it comes to religion. Like It's very difficult for me. And I think having those early conversations with people from the jump when you see like, oh, you want to be friends with someone and having those uh, like, yeah, having those honest conversations like this is who I am. This is what I tolerate and this is what I don't tolerate. Interestingly, I used to tell people, you know, I think I, I think I've said this to you before, too. Is like you uh, when it comes to dating is like you have to make it to the friend zone to make it to the end zone for me. And <laughs>
1: I don't think you ever had a problem making it to the friend zone. Oh, <laughs> I think you you kept people in the friend zone all that all too well. I, I, I don't
0: think I ever did. I think I either I got friend zone very easily or I accidentally friend zone people very easily.
1: But oh, I'd say you friend zone people more than you get friend zone. I really,
0: really. That's so that's hot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, but it means that you hold a lot of value to the people that you become intimate with.
0: I, I do. I definitely. And not do. in
1: a physical sense, but like emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. like everything. I think you realize that before you can take it there, you have standards. And I think that's great. I think Thank all you. women should hold that to Thank some you. degree, you know.
0: Thank you, Brian. I think that, you know, there it's, 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 I, I believe that friendship breakups are more painful romantic breakups personally, because when it comes to friendships, it's just, there's just such a soul tie to it that that breakage is like, I'm talking like Hercules, like cutting the string kind of thing. And it's very, it's very powerful. And for that, I just, I think that that's why when I first meet people and I get to know them, and I decide I want to be their friend, or that we um, jointly decide we want to be friends, I start laying out who I am from the jump. Like, I ain't going to tolerate this. This is my boundary. This is this. This is that. And I I do expect people to fall short, because I do too. And we're going to forget. That's like a whole new style of life that you never knew 'cause that's someone else's life. And so I don't expect people to get it together right off the bat. But after some time you better get that thing together.
1: <laughs> and it comes down to respect because if they hear that and you're vocal about that and they know all of these things mean a lot to you. If they respect any any part of you, they would they would do their best to accommodate for all of those things. Especially if they're not deal breakers. Like I think that's where it's great to put those all out on the table to begin with. Cause it's like mm-hmm. If it's not and a deal breaker, to- then why not? Why not know what yeah. pisses someone off or like all of these things? Because we don't unknowingly want to hurt someone. No. But no. if you're not able to vocalize what hurts you, you can't get on someone for doing it unknowingly. Like
0: Exactly. I remember the- you said like, you don't want
1: me. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Girl. I was going to say, I remember you telling me like, don't call me after 7 or They're like, don't call me after eight. <laughs> And, like, it was really a problem because we have time zone problems. And, like, I was seriously not all that aware of, like, when I'd call you sometimes. But, like, I remember you saying that. And I'm like, this is so great. Like, it kind of, like, made me question whether you had ill feelings towards me calling you late. But, like, I've never had someone tell me that. I've never had a friend be like, I love you. But, like, if it's not an emergency, please don't. And... (laughs) I, I'm going to be honest, like it, because it was the first time someone had ever said that it made me just see friendships in a whole new level of like, there is someone on this other side that just how I have things that I want from them, they have things that they want from me and don't want from me and being able to like, like respect that when it comes to anything, it's just, like, it's huge to, to acknowledge and not always under, understand the reason why. Here's the other thing, too, is I'm the kind of person that someone could call me all hours of the day. I will pick up, even if it's just for, like, the smallest thing. Like, they could tell me, like, oh, my gosh, this girl, like, made my coffee and, like, she like wasn't listening. Blah blah. blah. Like, it could be the most insane thing. Like, I will be happy to have a conversation with you because i that it's not a huge deal to me um unless it's something that i'm like in a i don't know like a situation where i can't do that but ever- i'm generally most available but there's the thing is that like so for me i could have like after you said that i could have taken the next couple hours and been like well why is that a big deal for her and like why does she care? Like, what if like, I just really needed her and like, oh my gosh, like I could have like gone into all of the things that like I saw about it. um, And been so focused on like how I feel about her boundary that like, I'm failing to see that like, this is something that she feels at least enough about to tell me. You know, it means something different to her, and it doesn't matter how I feel. I don't need to know her reason. Is that's good enough for me? You told me, and regardless of how I feel about it, I respect it.
0: That is one of my favorite things about you is that, like you, again, another part of something that we ha- we talked about yesterday is like the difference in my friendships especially my friendship with you is just that just makes it so much healthier. Now, these, these times around, it's just, it's like the fact that like you are someone that's already doing the inner work. You're already doing the healing work. You're already doing the, you know, introspection parts. And because of that, I don't have to over-explain to you. I don't have to correct you. I don't have to do anything, but just share how I feel and respect and love you. That's it, and it makes it takes off so much of the burden. Like because we can set boundaries with each other, and it's like, well, why? Well, why? We don't have to deal with that. It's just oh, okay, got mm-hmm. it, and that's it. Now, because you said that, I am going to explain why I have those office hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's I only you've just- somewhat explained it to me at times, but
0: yeah. It's yeah. yeah, mainly because I get super bad migraines when I don't get eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say, like, if it's not an emergency, don't call me after seven. Cause from seven to eight, I'm like having downtime and mm-hmm. like getting ready for bed. And then at eight, I'm knocked out. Cause I have like classes for Orange Theory at like 6:15. Mm-hmm. So in the morning. Sleep is so important. <laughs> I know I'm crazy, Um, (laughs) but it's like, that's really what it is. And it's like, it's not because like, I'm saying like, oh, you know, I won't make time if it's an emergency. It was just mainly because I feel like people needed to, I feel like it was just something that like, I wanted to lay out there. So in case if like, for me, if I didn't pick up the phone or if I like that way, I don't, I don't like it when people are like bothered by something, but they don't tell you. and. Then And it get, yeah, it boils up. And then out of nowhere, they're like, well, I don't like this. It's like, well, why didn't you tell me that a long time ago? It's like you... And we talked know about it.
1: this yesterday too. It, it goes into this fact that like, it's a simple conversation. Um, we touched on it a little bit yesterday, but it's just like, when someone gives you the cold shoulder, um, it makes it so... It builds it up to be so much more than it needs to be. And I get needing space and needing time to, like, get your thoughts in order. But, like, if you're comfortable with me and there's something that I'm doing that's really, like, not at all, like, okay with you, as close to the moment that happens, the better. Like, Mm -hmm. even if it's not that hour, if it's, like, that evening. Like, say – um something happens in the morning and you like couldn't deal with it in that moment because for whatever reason you're like going to work or like you don't have the mental capacity to handle it at that moment as long as it's like the next time we talk or um, the next available moment where we can really get into it I would want you to tell me Mm -hmm. because waiting for it to happen again and then re-trigger all of those emotions you had about it is just only going to escalate it. So like, yeah, you telling me, hey, don't, don't call me after seven unless it's an emergency. Like had that happened two or three more times and you kept eating it and you're like, like oh, I just, you start to become resentful and you're like, why are they not understanding this? Why don't they see this as a problem when we can't read minds? Like I remember like... <laughs> this usually has more to do with like a guy and the girl dynamic of like guys always claim like, I can't read your mind. Just tell me what's wrong. But it really is true. Like we can't sit here and be like, this is so obvious people aren't like, that's not how people operate. Like knowing
0: it's like, um I learned this and I'm going to ask you a very important question too. After this, I learned like, in my preteen era when puberty hit, that that pimple that you see on your face, (laughs) not everybody's staring at it as much as you are. And that's Mm -hmm. what I correlate that to is like, what's bugging you in your mind? Not everybody knows that except for you. Mm -hmm. Unless you like put like a spotlight on it, no one's gonna know. So Mm -hmm. that's your responsibility is, if it's that important to you and it's affecting you, let them know. And I think I'm going to ask you then, what is like one really good advice that you have learned in the course of becoming a better friend, being, having healthier relationships and healthier friendships that you can impart onto me and onto our friends that are listening right now?
1: Mm. So many come I know. Mind. come
0: on guru amy you got
1: something uh, <laughs> i mean i don't know i think the best way to show it for someone is to to be able to hold two spots um for yourself and for that person because We want to think that we're collectively living this same life. And in a lot of respects, we kind of are sharing the same life, but we all have different things happening. So I think it's a matter of like, you have a life that I will probably never know to the nth degree and you have your own dreams and thoughts and opinions, um, And sometimes it doesn't mesh. And I think it's important to show up for them when it doesn't mesh naturally. Um, To be able to hold two different um, spaces, I guess, in your mind of like, I've had friendships where I just wanted them to, I don't know, I guess (laughs) this is becoming like a really long thing. I guess it's just, it's easy to get so wrapped up in our own lives that we don't see our influence and our impact on others. And in those heated conversations or in those frustrations or in the not so easy dialogues um that you are able to separate yourself and your own ego about it um cuz friendship isn't always easy um and and the reason why i'm saying this is cuz coming from like a person that's not that great at conflict um i tend to hold things close to me and Mentally, it's important for me to distinguish the difference between an us problem and a them problem and a me problem. And you can't be everything for everyone and they can't be everything for you. And if in a moment of like you needing someone for a very specific thing and they're falling short, realizing why. And realizing why it's not. Because I I really don't think that someone fails to show up from you, for you because they don't want to. Sometimes it's because they don't know how to or they don't have space to. And what's hurt me in the past is like, oh, they haven't reached out. Or like, oh, they like have this new friend. Or like, oh, they're like, they're not showing up for me how I want them to and realizing that that's not always intentional and trying to have compassion for if someone takes a year off from you, maybe that's because they needed that year off.
0: That part, that part.
1: And are you going to take it at an ego level and be like, Oh, well they didn't care about me. Hmm. Taking things to a personal level is never good. That comes from a career. That comes from a relationship. It's like it isn't always about you. And I think that's something that like I think humanity will always struggle with because I think we always do try to take things personally. But mm-hmm. like you said, the pimple on your face, like it means so much more to you than other people.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's so true. One of my favorite books is called the book of joy by the Dalai Lama. And it's um, an interview between him and Desmond Tutu, um, the archbishop, the late archbishop. And um, the, the archbishop talks about how, like, you know, I think it's the archbishop or the Dalai Lama, but one of them does say, mention a a scene, a moment where, you know, they were in a car, and there was traffic, and someone was just like trying to, like basically, you know, that person is always veering through, trying to get through traffic while everybody's still bumper to bumper. And I think it was, the, I think it was the Archbishop, and he talks about how, like, he could have seen it as, like, you know, oh, this person is just truly impatient. This person is just da 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 da, all these different things. But he also decided it was really cool because he talked about like the power of imagination, right? Mm-hmm. And how like he was trying to then at that point, imagine the possible reasons why this person would be doing what they're doing. And one of the things that he came up with, which I either I'm inserting this, I'm paraphrasing this or I can't remember, but he talked about like how like this could be like a husband driving as fast as he can to the hospital because his wife is in labor.
1: That was the first thing that I thought about when you started saying this. I was like, it's (laughs) definitely a pregnant woman going to the hospital.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. And the thing is like, you know, you don't know, but it's not, you don't need to know. Mm -hmm. You just need to have grace and compassion Mm
1: -hmm. on that
0: person. And yeah, like sometimes, you know me, sometimes I can go months and not talk to someone. That doesn't mean I don't love them. That doesn't mean I don't care about them. I have family all over the world and distance and time doesn't really matter it doesn't impact me, but to others it does, and it's their it's, when it's impacting you, it's your responsibility again to vocalize that and talk about that. And I think you you very much hit the nail on the head. Is you know, whole space for two people because it's two people in that relationship. You know what you're going through, what they're going through. You don't know, and until they tell you, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And just trusting that person's heart, like that's your friend right? You decided to be friends with that person because you decided that you knew their heart and that because of the type of heart that they had and the type of person that they had, the type of person that they are, that you want that friendship. So trust that.
1: Mm -hmm. And realizing Um, that like it's the friendship isn't always to serve you, you know, that part Um, and the responsibility someone holds is, I don't know, I guess that's kind of where the The why thing comes for me is like, why are you friends? Because if the one thing that's going to cripple your friendship is them not doing something for you, that speaks highly to how you view them in your relationship. Of like, they say um, (laughs) in like relationships are like, you fall for what, what is the phrase? It's like, you look for what... (laughs) I, like, I'm struggling to figure, like, to recall this phrase. But it's basically, like, if you fell for looks, that's going to be what they're looking for. And, like, if they were to look around, that's what they're going to go for Um, kind of um, thing. Or like, if you're with someone with money, that's what it's going to take for them to leave you. Um, because in a lot of ways, what you value in that friendship is what's going to kill that friendship for you. So yeah. like if you're only in it for money and they go broke, that's gonna kill it for you. Yeah. If you're only in it for looks and they lose their hair because of cancer, that's what's gonna do it for you. Yeah. And like it speaks highly to the person leaving the relationship um of what they valued. Mm-hmm. Of why they're leaving the relationship, that's what they valued. And a lot of times it's a good thing. Like I think about you, it's like, if the thing that you value most is honesty, and that's why you leave a relationship, that makes so much sense.
0: You know, like, yeah. Yeah. That's so true, because you know my stories. (laughs) (laughs) You know my stories better than anybody else. (laughs) And you know, yeah, and uh, you know, that's that's some good advice right there because sometimes it really does come down to it, right? Like when the boundaries have been set, when the standards have been set and the communica- and it's been communicated and both parties have said they understand, at that point it's on both parties to uphold those things. And when you drop the ball a little too many times, don't be surprised when someone walks away mm-hmm. and that's their decision. It doesn't change you know, who you are, but that's their decision. And you also have to come to terms with sometimes you can be the bad friend, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes you aren't the best person in that relationship. And sometimes you are going to be the villain because until you learn what healthy relationships look like until you're in your healing, you're going to keep tripping on that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I really do. I can't, I can't, um, say word for word but I do want to leave our friends with this one quote from Winnie the Pooh that we all know so much and I think it's Piglet that actually said it it's like if you want to if you want a friend you have to be a good friend mm-hmm. and I think that's very much you know the truth right there yeah thank that's you
1: great, so much great great quote
0: we hope you enjoyed this chat. It was so much fun, and all the different things that we are doing that we can honestly all get better at. But before I leave with you, please be mindful Abigail Badu LLC, Insider, and all entities do not provide medical advice, diagnosis, or any treatments. Any information published on our website or by our brand is not intended to be a replacement for medical advice. Always consult with a qualified health professional or mental health professional with any questions or concerns you may have about your mental health. And as always, healing starts inside her.